0: Let's read these verses, 5 through 10, what I have subtitled abuses of freedom, 5 through 10. Nevertheless, with both of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now, these things happened as examples for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written... The people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as example. And they were written... For our instruction upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you. But such is as common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. I love that whole text. And that's why I went ahead and read on, because we need to pay attention to this. Okay, This is a paragraph form, uh, but literally the context that the Apostle Paul is dealing with started all the way over in chapter 8 and will not conclude until 11 verse 1. All right, Because he's still dealing with, with, with an issue. Um, and, and basically, what I'm looking at now are abuses that Christians have in their freedom. When uh, I use the phrase, when my freedom masters me, okay, instead of me mastering my freedom. We've already looked at it in depth, that the Apostle Paul said, be careful how you exercise your freedom and its effect on other people, both lost and saved. You need to be very, very careful. I remember in in Romans chapter 14 where it says you who are spiritual, don't despise the weaker. okay? The weaker in faith. okay? Those who, um, what you and I would call are legalists, are, are into a set of do's and don'ts. They live their Christian life and don't do this and do do this and don't do this and do do this. You who are stronger, don't worry about it. But I want to kind of lay something out here for you because um, this book, 1 Corinthians, I am told is controversial. Okay? Um, whatever. But I believe if you're willing to study Scripture in a true manner, this is not a controversial book. Okay? Um, I'm asked at times how do you study what is the method of you know you've, you've taught precepts and that's inductive do you do that or what do you do to study and I'm afraid that if I shared with you uh, all that I did to study you would be very sadly disappointed. Because I don't have any magic. I don't have any uh, amazing things. Uh, most of you will know my first responsibility in my study of Scripture is prayer. Okay? And, and it's a focused prayer, specific prayer. But the primary thing that I do to study is I read it. I read the Bible. I read the book. I'm teaching 1 Corinthians. I read. Okay. If you're going to teach 1 Corinthians, you don't need to read Exodus. Do you, do you understand it? But what do we do? Think about this. Because people think that this is. Read it. Why? You know why I read my Bible? Because you have to. Because you get paid the big bucks to read the Bible. Or what is it? You know why? So I'm familiar with the text. <laughs> You ever, is that crazy or what? It's sort of like uh, and when I counsel couples at times. I have counseled couples. It's amazing when a man and a woman will come to me. And the man will tell me what the wife is supposed to do. And the wife will tell me what the man is supposed to do. And it's obvious that neither one of them are familiar with the text. Because the man needs to know what he's supposed to do. And the woman needs to know what she's supposed to do. Okay, If you've got children... How many times do you have to tell your children something before they get it? Would it be any different with your spouse? What, I gotta tell you, what to do? you can keep telling me and it will have no effect. All right? Why? You haven't read the book. You're not familiar. All right? But when I read the text, listen, I can tell you the summary of the whole book of 1 Corinthians. It's simple. Personal holiness. Personal holiness. Okay? It isn't your spouse. It isn't women's teacher. Isn't it in length of your hair? It isn't spiritual gifts. Okay? It isn't the gift of tongues. It is personal holiness. And it all hinges on the 13th chapter. Does anybody know what the 13th chapter is? It's love. That's funny about that text because that's the one we all want to recite When we get married, I'm going to get married and love doesn't do this and doesn't do this. And and I got nothing to do with being married. It has to do with personal holiness. Why? I am to love as I am loved by my father in heaven. And it's regardless Of the circumstances. This church was struggling with personal holiness because it starts out. I have heard of divisions of schisms in you. And yet we are commanded in scripture to preserve the unity in the bonds of peace. Okay. There's unity in the body of Christ. Why? We're all indwelt with the Holy Spirit. If you're saved. You have the Holy Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit ever told one Christian one thing and another Christian another thing? No. But if I rise up, then he will tell me what I want to hear. So when I read Scripture, now you've got to understand that come work two and a half years... Yeah, about two and a half years into the book of Corinthians. I've read the book of 1 Corinthians every day for almost two and a half, actually almost a little over three years. I'm familiar with the book. No, I don't memorize it. You know, Hank Smith used to drive me nuts about that. He memorized everything. He used to hang, when he'd drive to downtown Denver, he'd hang little, them stick-it notes on his mirror. Okay? And you'd see all the accidents on the interstate, Hank was doing it because he wasn't looking behind him. He was memorizing Scripture. Okay, his faith became strong. The rest of the people's was just flushing. But uh, just kidding. But he would memorize Scripture. And he says, everybody can memorize Scriptures. You've memorized this and you've memorized that. And, that. and I said, you know what? I can't even remember my kids' birthdays. Okay, don't tell me what I memorized. I, I, I write stuff down and forget why I wrote it. Okay, uh, and it's gotten worse for me. Uh, I now have a phone that you that you program the numbers in, so I'm, I don't even remember people's phone numbers anymore. Okay, uh, I used to be able to check the messages here at the church. There's a number that you can call and check the messages of the church. Stephanie being hired, she checks the messages. So the other day she says, "Have you checked messages?" And I said, "I don't know how." <laughs> and she says, "Well, you call that number." I says, "What number would that be?" Why? Because it's not programmed into my phone. <laughs> Alright, so it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. So I, go, I don't memorize. So when I read Scripture, I'm always listening to what does the Spirit tell me and what is Paul telling me? What does this book deal with? Why? I become familiar with it. Everything in this. Okay, now what happens is, as I read, you will find that there are different um, key passages in Any given book and those keys, everything around that key passage is there to explain what that key passage is. Okay. now listen, depending on where you're at in your life, where you are at in your walk, when your faith, the the measure of your faith, the key can change to a degree. But there's an overwhelming theme that runs through the course of every book. There will be an overwhelming key that will run through the paragraphs. And all of those keys will still be looking at the overall theme of that book. And then the overall theme of that book in light of Holy Writ. Got that? Verse 12 is the key to this. Why do I say that? What's the first word? Therefore. Therefore. Now you've heard this said, right? What is therefore? Therefore. Right? Okay. That's cool. I like that. It works well for me. But here's what I know. Therefore is the summary of what the writer is telling me. Therefore, let me summarize. Okay? So everything around that therefore is for the explaining of what is going on what is the problem he who thinks he can stand take heed that he does not fall what is the theme that he is dealing with all the way back to chapter 8 verse 1 right concerning things offered to idols okay Spiritual freedom that you have in Christ and how do I live a life in light of that freedom? Okay? So you see that? There's an overconfidence. Remember last week? The bear? The hunter and the bear? Mm -hmm. And the bear came out of the woods. Okay? Overconfidence. I got complacent. Alright? right, had a conversation with the bear and I told the bear all I really wanted was a coat. And the bear gave him a coat. All right? The second thing I do when I study Scripture is determine how in the paragraph the theme fits in the totality of the passage. Okay, so now it's going to get bigger and broader, right? So when I come to a text like this... He starts it out, well, I don't want you to be unaware. He says, I need you to pay attention. I need your undivided attention right now. I need this to be emblazoned upon your thinking processes. I don't want you to be unaware is how he starts it. Why? Because he's coming out of 927 that says, I discipline my body and I make my flesh my slave. I control my body. My body does not control me. Why? Because I don't want to think that I've preached to others and I myself be disqualified. So Paul says, I have to have an inward consciousness that says, you know what? I need to understand I am free in Christ. Christ is my Lord. He has absolute sway over everything in my life. His will is only predominant in all of my being, all of my decisions, everything I do. Christ, what would you have me do? Big decisions, little decisions. That's what Paul said. He says, but you know what I learned? My flesh doesn't like that. My flesh likes to be in control. And of course, God made me have these feelings... Didn't he? God made me this way. God made me want to, to love and to nurture and to do d d deed, 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 deed. De, de. And I'll deal with this in a second. I want you to keep that one in mind. Because God made me this way. I'm supposed to be this way. I have these feelings. I'm supposed to have these feelings. And Paul says, you know what? You're cursed. Your flesh is blind, naked, and depraved. If you allow your flesh to drive the bus, you will drive the bus over a cliff and become absolutely useless and or disqualified from being used by God. Paul says, but I want you to understand something. I buffet my body. I'll bruise it if necessary to make it my slave. My vessel serves me. Not me serve my vessel. Okay. I want you to think about this. He started this out with the illustration of Israel. Okay. And he shared with us that God grants freedom. Israel coming out of Egyptian captivity had freedom. We looked at this in depth, all right? Every child of God, if you're a believer, you have freedom. Okay? We looked at it. John 8, Galatians 5, Colossians 1, 2 Corinthians 3. We, quote-unquote, the church are a called-out community, the ecclesia, called-out community to bear witness... Of Jesus Christ. Okay, do you know what that means to bear witness of Jesus Christ? Voltaire, the philosopher. valari I mean, the philosopher. Said, I would be inclined to believe in a redeemer. If you could show me a redeemed life. Okay. A witness of the Lord Jesus Christ is a life. That is changed. It is a life that does not serve itself. Okay. It is a life that says I am not my own. I have been bought for, bought and paid for with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's changed. The things of the world are no longer important. Only the things of Christ are important. Everything that that soul looks at, it has eternal ramifications. No matter what I'm doing, I'm doing it as unto Christ. And you know what it is? First and foremost, it's an overwhelming gratitude, a graciousness. I am gracious. I am so grateful that he saved me. If you go look at the Thessalonian letters, you'll see that if one thing that Paul tells them that you can tell false, false Christians and true Christians. Gracious. They're grateful. They have, they're grateful. Even in the midst of suffering and persecution, they are grateful. Okay, anybody here, if you've had kids, what is it you try to teach your children to do when they receive a gift from Uncle Bob or Aunt Ethel? What do you tell them you have to do? Why? Huh? Why do we have to teach that? Lost people are not thankful. Look at our society right now. What is in this for me? They're talking about Social Security. Well, we're thinking at a certain at a certain age, we're going to let you privatize part of your Social Security, and you know what happens? Those who are receiving Social Security or those who are very close to receiving, what are theirs doing? What is their response? You can't touch that; it belongs to me. Cool, huh? Why? my money i want my money so you see what happens there we have this called out community that is a witness of christ please understand that it is a called out community that literally manifests get this do you hear me well it manifests it is seen what all of the fullness of the lord jesus christ Get that? All of the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ is in every child of God individually and collectively. So when Paul says there's a schism, do you see why he's so distraught over it? And he says that the problem is a lack of personal. Holiness. Can you see that? All right. He says here in two verses, verse 6 and verse 11, these things happen to them as an example. Verse 6 says, these things happen as an example unto us. The word is tope. It literally means a picture, a pattern. Okay, these happen. Why? You need to be warned about this. Individually individually and collectively, you are the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, Jesus Christ and his bride, will come together and are only one. You cannot separate the Lord Jesus Christ from his bride. Ephesians chapter 1 blasts that. The church is only the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. But he says, understand, Israel was a picture, too, of a called out people. And yet they abused their freedom and were only useless for one generation. Okay, a whole generation was disqualified, useless to God and died in the desert. Okay? If you're saved today, you're in a race. Did you know that? You're in a race as an individual, uh, but you're also in a race collectively as a team. Alright? And being in this race, we each receive a prize. Every single Christian. Okay? Here's the prize. No, don't go. Everybody wants to talk about. It. I'm gonna get the crown of righteousness. I'm gonna have this big old wheelbarrow full of crowns, and I'm gonna give them back to Jesus. No, man, you get prizes now. Did you know that? You know what they are? We've already looked at them. Two prizes you get right now. One, reaching lost people. Two, strengthening the saints. Those are your prizes. You get them right now. Okay. Are you reaching lost people? Are you strengthening the saints? If you are not, ask yourself, why? Why? That's what this text is dealing with. If I have abused my freedom in such a way, I have become useless to God. You can't do anything for me. Why? My life doesn't speak of regeneration. My life doesn't speak of God's holiness. My life doesn't speak of the power of he who spoke existence into being. My life doesn't show that. So God will not put you anywhere where you will only bring shame to him. He told that to Romans. He says, you know what? The Jews, because of their action, have caused my name to be blasphemed among the Gentiles. Okay, what happened? Because of the way the Jews were manifesting God, the Gentiles blasphemed God. You got that? That freaks me out. And that's what we're up against right now. Today, there ain't a person in this room. We are in a race. Every single one of you are in this race together. Okay? We are either winning the loss or strengthening the saints. Those are your prizes immediately. To whom much is given, much is required. Did you ever think about that? If you are given but one soul to invest in and only have an eternal ramification on that soul, the President of the United States doesn't even have that kind of responsibility. The President of the United States doesn't have that responsibility. And yet, how many in this room today says, well, I don't want to teach that because there's only one? Well, I don't want to do that because, you know, what if nobody shows up? What did you just say? I'm too good to deal with one, God. You know, my time is very precious. He's given us some warnings. I want to go through these quickly. Things happen as an example. What were they? Crave evil things. You know what that means? I keep looking back. Keep looking back. Use the illustration of the exodus. Well, you brought us out here to die. I mean, we could have leeks and garlic and fish hanging with the Egyptians. But see, he's already in verses 1 through 4 said, you know what? God freed them. He gave them a freedom they had no ability to get a hold of. They couldn't free themselves. He not only freed them, he was guiding them. He was making it very clear, step by step by step, here's how we're going to go. And not only was he freeing them, not only did he free them, not only was he guiding them, he was literally sustaining them. That's the freedom, one through four. But what they did was, it ain't going the way I want it to, or the way I believe it ought to go, and so they would start craving evil things. They would start looking back. What if, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you feel freed? Do you feel guided? Do you feel sustained? To stop, if you don't stop craving evil things. Second thing he looked at was, and we looked at this last week, was idolatry. Well, Terry, there ain't no idols around here. I ain't seen a statue. I don't have nothing going on like that. Idolatry is this in in a sense. What's the focus of the Christian today? okay what is the christian's focus or what is the focus of the church today listen we looked at this last week the worship of the jews when abraham went up on, or not abraham when moses went up on the mountain and they asked Aaron to build a golden calf a golden calf they were building it for who elohim jehovah yahweh we want to worship you Let me use today's vernacular in a contemporary manner. Now, if you don't think that ain't important, you know what? Two chapters deal with the creation of existence. Two chapters. You know, there's seventy-three chapters. Dealing with worship to God? Which one do you suppose is important? Okay? But I'm going to do it my way. But you know what? i taken my gold earrings off, and these I pulled the one out, my wife put in my nose. I put all of those things, and we melted them down, and we had the golden calf. I sacrificed for you, Jesus. Didn't I? I gave. In verse 20 of this chapter, No, but I say these things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. You know what they did? They marry God to a demon. Did you know that? I'm I'm doing something here that is horrifying. You come to know Christ. What is your environment? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what your environment is. The environment you today live in is nothing but idol worship. And we're not even sneaky about it. We have the American idol. We have Miss America, Miss Universe, Miss whatever. Don't we? We have, uh, what's his name, got married yesterday. Um, Trump. Donald Trump. And you know what I heard? This was the news bulletin that I heard this morning. It was a royal gala for the Americans. This is his third wife. He's been fired as president of Trump Industries in New Jersey because they're losing money. And the reason his name is so successful is he came out of bankruptcy. And yet, what have we done with that man? He is to be idolized? Why? Because he has money? He doesn't have money! His corporations are going belly up! And they all want to tell me how eloquent his wife was because she spent $100,000 plus for her wedding dress. You know what they didn't tell you about that wedding dress that I found out? That bugger weighed 50 pounds. I cannot imagine. I mean, you can get body armor and it don't weigh that much. (laughs) I mean, I'm wearing a dress that weighs 50 pounds. Got little wheels and somebody scooched her up. What's that squeaking noise? We're taking the bride up to the altar. Don't move her. She falls over. We're doomed. But let me tell you something. If you don't think it isn't important, then why did it make the news? Why do people look at it and say, gosh, that's what I would like to have. Better yet, look at our common marriages today and tell me what those were about. You come to know Christ, but what is your environment? That's what the Corinthians were doing. How many bow to idols have their Christianity? They have it. They're intact. Now, I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about saints of God, but they marry it to something else that they worship. I go to church when it's convenient. You married it to something that's wor- that you worship. Anything that is untrue about God, anything other than God, is, is idolatry. And you compromise. And you know what will happen? You spend enough time in that, you know what happens to you? You compromise your theology. You compromise what you know about God. You know what is amazing in this room right now? There are some of you who are in non-repentant sin and you have absolutely no fear of God. And it's because you are in a society that has corrupted your theology and you think he, grace and love and peace and joy. Really? Read Revelations. Read Revelations. He says, I will come with angels of fire. And I will consume them. And they will spend eternity separated from me where the worms never die. And there's nothing but weeping and gnashing of teeth, for I am God. It's the same God. It's the same God hung on a cross. Let me tell you about the cross, past tense. It's past tense. He's coming again. You sang it. Soon every knee will bow. You ever read that phrase in the Philippians? It literally means to push down on such a matter that the knee buckles. Who's going to do that? God, let me tell you something. Every knee will bow. And there's going to be a whole bunch of them that ain't going to be real happy about it. And yet, you and I are immersed in a society of idolatry. And many, and I fear many in this room, have married the worship of a holy God to their idols. To their idols. But there's a second factor that can lead to disqualification. I'll be very brief with this. It will make you useless or a church useless as a witnessing community. They'll literally get set aside. Read the seven letters to the churches in Asia Minor and Book of Revelations. He who has an ear, let him hear what is being said. Okay, how many times in those seven letters does he say, I'll remove the lampstand? You know what that means? I'm not going to remove the light, but it ain't going to shine. If I want the light to be brighter, what do I do? Why do you hang lights on the ceiling? Because they won't hang on the floor. <laughs> but you know what? If you hung them on the floor, the bulbs are easier to change. Just something to think about. Anyway. Um, the lampstand is the thing that lifts the light up so it is seen. And he says, if you don't change this, I'm going to do what? I'm going to remove the lampstand. The people are saved, but they are useless. They're useless. The second thing is that can disqualify us is verse 8 nor let us act immorally. You know what? I've seen this over and over. And, and I've even heard, had a question, and I wrote a question down one time. How does God feel about sexual sin? 23,000 fell in one day. You don't understand. I don't believe that what I'm doing is sexual sin. We're planning on getting married. 23,000 fell on one day. God's chosen people in the wilderness. God's chosen people who knew his freedom. God's people who had understood his security, had understood who he was, who understood that he was guiding them, who understood that he was only sustaining them every day. How many of you in this room this day believe that God is sustaining you? You know, what gives you the next heartbeat? What gives you the next breath? If he killed 23,000 of them, I think it ought to give us a pretty good idea about sexual sin, don't you? Did you know that idolatry... And sexual immorality are always related. Do you know that? Go with me to the book of Numbers. This is where the first uh, math test came from. The book of Numbers. Chapter 25. Numbers is a bummer book, to be honest with you. (laughs) Well, it is. Numbers 25. It's a bummer book. It's... God's saying, you're not listening, okay? And I want to begin at verse 1. While Israel remained in Shemin, the people began to play what? Okay, I've seen this place or this area, this region. If, if you go to Israel, you have the Dead Sea, and you rise up, and you'll see it, it rises up. It's, I mean, it's bleak. It's just a plateau, a big old flat plateau desert. I mean, it ain't even a desert. A desert has some vegetation. This is just rock and dirt and stuff. And that is called the plains of Moab. Okay? And that's where this group would have been. Do you know anything about Moab? It's a desert. desert, Okay? But there was a lady who came out of it who was related to Jesus. Did you know that? Ruth. Ruth. She was a Moabite. Moabite. All right? Look what it says. They're hanging out on the plains there. Okay, this this high place and the people began to play the harlot who began to play the harlot. Israel began to play the harlot. Do you know what that means? Please understand it. Sex for money. That's the harlot. Please, it, this isn't. Well, I just really loved her or she just really he just loved him. Or, that ain't what it's been. The word harlot there is sex for money. Israel is doing what? Okay, got it. Clear picture. All right? Look what it says here. With the daughters of Moab. Okay? Look what happened then. For they, who is they now? The daughters of Moab invited the people to do what? I love this. This is a piece of cake. We don't understand. My religion is all inclusive. Come. Worship with me. It's okay. We worship sort of the same God you do. Remember God created all of us. We can worship this way. It's all right. Not only that, it's obvious as I study the history of Israel, the Moabite women must have been foxes. Because it seems like every time they turn around, they run into one and say, hey, I'm going to her. Okay, and I'm, I'm, well, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm praying Israel ain't stupid. I'm going to go hang out with them ugly women, them Moabite women. So I'm hoping that at least it was pleasant to the eye. I mean, sounds crass, but it's, I looked at the land that they lived in, and I'm thinking something's got to be beautiful in there, and, and it ain't the camels. Oh, anyway, um, <coughs> look what he says. They invited. You notice know that? I. You know what that means? They invited. You don't have to. You're free in Christ. You can stand. You know what your freedoms are. You can come and be a part of this. It it won't really rub off on you. Okay? You're invited. If you want to, you can. But hey, I don't want to force my religion on you. You don't have to. You were invited, the people, to sacrifice to their God and the people ate and did what? The word there in the Greek, the Septuagint translation, is proselytized. You know prostrated themselves before their gods. That's why it's translated New American Standard. They bowed down. They prostrated themselves. Why? Nice lady. Nice little God thing here. You know what? I still love God. I still love Jesus and all that other stuff. And this is just, you know, to make her happy. Or to make him happy. Israel was always fooling around with the Moabites. How many of you know the name Balaam? Balaam? Did you know he was a prophet? Did you know that he prophesied Messiah, the coming of Jesus Christ? He was asked to put a curse on Israel. You know what he did? Anybody know? He prayed, and God did what? Let me put it in Terry ball vernacular as he was praying God says you put a curse on my people I'll slap you stupid and then I'll curse you forever so Balaam went back and said you know what (laughs) I ain't doing that I mean you talk about indigestion and bad nights nightmares okay so he went and did it again why he was getting big bucks to do this he came back God got him in his dream and said let me tell you something and he went back, told this guy, he said, no, I ain't doing this. He says, but I have a plan. What was his plan? Let's marry true worship to idolatry. And if we take the idolist people, dress them up nice, attractive to the eyes, attractive to the flesh put some perfume on them, paint their eyes, make them just fun to look at. Then I can take them away from the true God. What happened? They prostrated themselves before God, so Israel joined themselves. Can get that word right there? You know what joined themselves means? Became one in union. With Who? Baal. and, and here's the, the smallest understatement in the Bible the Lord was angry with Israel <laughs> you duh <laughs> okay Lord says to Moses verse 4 take all the leaders of the people and what what started this idolatry It isn't that big a deal. He's brought us out. We're hanging out in the desert. He's sustaining us. He's taking care of us. Check out the foxy-looking Moabites. And I went over there, I think, could give me a kiss if I go and eat this meal at this goofy temple. So I'm going to go do it. Before long, what happens? They eat and they drink, and what happens when you drink? Morality goes out the door, leaves the bus as quick as you could ever dream, and you bow down before that, and guess what God said? How dare you? They played the harlot. It started with idolatry because they were only invited. They go together, sexual immorality and idol worship. You know what the focus of idol worship is? It's not the idol. Please don't think it's the idol, it's the person doing the worship so sexual immorality is a piece of cake to step into why well you don't understand preacher my husband's not saved I think I need to divorce him because I've met this nice Christian man just became useless to God why you're going to do it your way but you don't understand preacher I'm single and I need to be married You don't understand. Does he sustain you? Well, he does, but he hasn't given me a husband yet. Oh, so he sort of sustained you. What do we do, people? Oh, I need a new car. Why? Because my new car smell is gone. But I like the new one. I like the 06 Corvette. They're coming back out with this 427. Great idea, Chevy. I think that's a great, I think that's one of the greatest things I've heard man come up with. But it's still about $54,000 more than I can afford. I can come up with a grand. Anybody want to come up with the matching part, I'll, I'll take it. But anyway, why? Because it will not be my idol. It may be yours, but it won't be mine. But do you see what we do Think about this. Here's guys. I'm going to pick on the guys for a second. We got these things now, an invention. Did you... I grew up... I'm old enough to know that... I remember when you had to get up and turn the channel. Remember that? We need to go back there. Okay? We'd at least get exercise. Okay? And then they got the button now. You can see the last channel that you were on. So guys... You know, they say guys can't multitask. They can... I can watch two television shows at the same time. Okay. And when I get done, I didn't enjoy either one of them. Why? Because we can sit and do this, can't we? Why? It's exercise. I, I got some thumbs. Right? What'd you just do? My time with that stupid box is more important than my time with my king. Okay? Now listen, I'm not saying don't play television. I don't I don't I ain't what I'm talking about. DVDs I ain't got anything wrong with that. What's mastering you? See, It starts with idols. And it will go all the way to sexual immorality. Execute them in broad daylight before the Lord so the fierce anger of the Lord may turn from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Each of you slay his men who have joined themselves to Baal, Baal of Peor. Then behold, one of the sons of Israel... Now read this. This here just freaks you out. I mean, you've got to be seeing that there's something going on in the camp. Here's what he says. Behold, one of the sons of Israel came and brought to his relatives a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation. Okay, we've got this little issue happening. We've got Jews marrying with Moabites. But they're not really marrying. We're not going to take a vow. I'm just going to have sex, okay? Why? I'm free. And he says that this one Israelite came in front of Moses. Now, Moses probably got a little attitude thing going on right now inside of the congregation of the sons of Israel. And while they were weeping at the doorway, you know what he's saying? He's saying, you must separate from that woman. And what is his response? I don't want to. She's a gift from God. They're weeping at the tent. Why? It has to be a gift from God. Has it caused you to be an idol worshiper? Yes, it ain't a gift from God. I watch people, what do you think I should do about this house or buy this car or do this thing? And I thought, you know what? If you would pray half the time for your personal holiness as you do on whether you're going to get a car or a job or a promotion or a vacation, you'd be walking in the heavenlies. He began, they're weeping at the doorway of the tent. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it. He rose from the midst of the congregation. He took a spear in his hand and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and he pierced both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through the body. And so the plagues of the son of Israel was checked. Those who died by plague, 24,000. Israel couldn't divorce themselves from sexual immoralities from idols. God killed 23,000. Now then, just a little footnote here. <laughs> numbers 25 verse nine describes it and says there was 25,000. In Paul's writing, he says there was 23,000. What's the deal? Is this an error in Scripture? What is this? Well, Hebrew spoke and wrote in round numbers. Okay, who wrote the Old Testament? Hebrews. So what was it? 24,000. So if I have to think about it, it's between 23 and 24,000. Let me tell you something. If you're one of that number, does it really matter how many went with you? If you're hanging out today saying, well, I'm thinking that there's an error in Scripture, then line up with the twenty-three to 24,000. You know, I can look at it this way and say, in one day, 23,000 died, and after midnight, the other 1,000. So whether it was twenty-three or 24,000, note this. Sexual immorality claimed a very large number of God's chosen people in the desert. I mean, if you really want to be persnickety about it, I can tell you it was 23,002, the Israel man and the Midianite woman. Okay? Okay? They were still disqualified from God's witness because of the immorality. Now let me take you back. Let's go back to Corinthians. I want to show you remember, this is an example. this is a pattern. This is something that we need to be aware of even this day. okay This warning that you read in chapter 10, it says, "Remember, God struck down Israel with a plague." Can I remind you about chapter 5 that we've already studied? There was a man in the church in Corinth who had his father's wife. What would you call that? Hmm. And Paul is saying, you know what? God struck down 23,000 men in the wilderness because they refused to listen to God, and they abused their freedom. You guys already started. Already started. Chapter 11 says that there are some of you who are dying at the Lord's table. Some of you are very weak physically, ill. Why? Why? It's already, already happened. Chapter 6, verse 18 says this. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside of the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Flee it. You're sinning against yourself. Guess what? Corinthians, he's saying it's right in front of you. It's all around you. You need to be careful. Very, very careful. Run if you have to. If you don't, there's members of Christ. Remember that? Verse 15, chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Verse 16. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall be one flesh. Then the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee it. Why? If you fall into sexual immorality, you're taking the Lord Jesus Christ with you. And he's not going to be happy about it. Not only that, you become useless. Why? You did not buffet your body to bring it into submission. You became your body's slave. You fell into sexual immorality. He's already freed you. He's already guided you. He's already sustaining you. And you act like He doesn't know what you want or your desires. Have you heard this one? I need a man or I need a woman and God has put that desire in me. Really? Really? Has he? Or do you let that thing fester in your thinking processes so much that you're going to blame God for it? Because I tell you what, I spend my time with God in my heart, in my prayer, in my study of the word, in the body of Christ, with the church involved with Christians. I really don't have time to think about whether I need to be married or not. I have more important things to do. Why? I'm looking for prizes. What is that? Winning people to Christ and strengthening saints. And that's so important to a child of God, should be so important to a child of God, that they're willing to bruise themselves to make that the priority, the function of their life. And you know what? I don't have to worry about women. I don't have to worry about men. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. Why? It's just a piece of cake. It's just a piece of cake. Why? What's in my mind? christ i'm a christian i'm free it's okay i can handle it i have a strength of faith i have a maturity and yet there's some in the church in corinth were literally dragging christ into immorality they were worshiping christ with a harlot I can handle this. Remember, I'm more than a conqueror. I see young people who struggle with this. Here's the thing about young people. And I don't care how young you are right now. Young people always think they're in control. Don't they? I can do it. I only need that one essay on Wednesday and I need this homework assignment. And my teacher has given me nine months to get this homework assignment done. So I'll get it done that last hour and a half before it has to be due because I'm always in control. Right? Here's what happens when dating starts. I'm in control. Listen, if it gets too passionate, I'll just start quoting scripture. Sure you will. Okay. I'll give you this one. How much you read your Bible that you can even quote Scripture? Oh, I'm going to quote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. (laughs) See what I did? But you who are older are not immune because one of the biggest frustrations in this church right now is I want to be in control. Of what I do, when I do it, is it convenient for me? And how shall I add it into the plethora of things that demand my time and attention? You know what you just did? Took your idol and married it to Christ. Your next steps will only be immorality. That's all it is because you're better in Israel. Laodicea Corinth. You're immune. I'm surrounded, immersed in it. You have the temple of Venus was in Corinth. And do you know who run it? Prostitutes. So they're having a big party up there. And you know, that one prostitute, I mean, priestess makes the best pork barbecue I've ever had. I'm free in Christ. I know that the idol is nothing, and I can go up there and do what? Hang out, have pork barbecue, and you know what? We'll discuss theology. Think about what you listen to on the radio. Think about what you listen, watch on television. Think about the movies you watch and tell me what the difference is. Tell me about the magazines. Walk to the magazine, the, the checkout stand at the, uh, what do you call them places? Grocery stores. I freak with them, don't I? <laughs> them places. Look at the magazines. My gosh. Where is it? It's everywhere. It inundates you. Why do we have scantily clad women selling cars yes that's it the leather seat thing okay i mean go up to that one woman and ask her i've seen her on television a couple times she takes it's a buick it's obvious you don't know nothing about cars anyway uh, and i'd like to go up to her and say, do you know how many horsepower this thing generates and how many foot pounds and how quick i can go from zero to sixty 'Cause that's what I'm looking for in a car. All right? I want under 3 seconds. No. All right, my next car <laughs> will not be a grandpa car. <laughs> my next car, two seater. And I want under 3 seconds, 0 to 60. I want under 6 seconds to 0 to 100. <laughs> Just in case I have to go 100. You know, my line of work, there's certain types you have to be places in a hurry. <laughs> like heaven. <laughs> but do you see what I'm getting at? The Apostle Paul, we looked at this last week. I'm gonna wrap this up, but I want to go back into the text. Second Timothy chapter three says, understand this. In the end it will be difficult. Why will it be difficult, Paul? Men will be lovers of self, they will love pleasure more than God. What do you think? We're there in spades, people. You know, we think about the temple of Venus and it was run by prostitutes and, and, and you just go in there and there's all this going on and, and I've seen some of the architecture out of Thessalonica and out of Corinth. The stuff that they'd carve on the wall to you and I today, it's pornography. Okay, uh, I've seen pictures of it. Um, it it's, it's awful. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm talking X-rated stuff. That was on the walls. Okay, I mean, that's if you were walking your child down to the bus, I guess it would be the chariot. I'm going down to the chariot to send my kid to school, your child is going to walk through pornography. I mean, worse than any of these magazines that you, you'll see behind that they don't allow to show them anymore. That was the architect of the day. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Why? Well, it was all at the Corinthian church. There was an example given in the nation of Israel that God said, I won't tolerate it. And Paul says, church in Corinth, it still stands true. You are free. Don't abuse it. Be warned that the possibility is there. And he's telling the church today, Castle Rock Baptist Church, be warned. Be warned. You start craving the old lifestyle, what's your idol? Next is immorality. And I sadly have seen it happen. I've sadly seen it happen. So, even as small as we have, I've seen it happen probably half a dozen, eight different times in this church. People crave the old lifestyle. They got into something that they believed that if I had this, this would make me happy. And the next thing you know, they were in sexual immorality. The church has bought it. Why do we have singles groups? the heck is that for why do we have that why do we have that it's just going down to the market that's all it is okay be warned brothers and sisters father we come now to thank you for what you've given us father i praise you for my freedom and our freedom we as children of god and yet father i pray that you will help us Help us not to cause another to stumble. Father, let us be sensitive to what you're doing. And Father, help us that our freedom doesn't become our focus for living. Father, give us strength in this day. Father, let us know that your grace is sufficient. But Father, I beg you... I beg you that you give us, we who are gathered here now, the privilege and the opportunity to be a witnessing community first to win more souls to your kingdom. But Lord, allow us to strengthen what is here. And Father, search my heart. Search my heart. Brothers and sisters' hearts. Father, that we do not abuse our freedom. Father, it would only be your glory, foremost desire of our hearts, our minds, and Father, our lives, in Christ's name.